Hello, and welcome to the Imagine That Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Weimer, founder, partner, and wealth manager at Confluence Financial Partners. Each month, we'll explore new ways to help you maximize your life and your legacy and meet some extraordinary people along the way. So if you're looking to get more out of your life today and legacy tomorrow, let's get started. At Confluence Financial Partners, helping people maximize their lives and legacies is truly one of the most rewarding things we do. You know, if you think about it, to really enjoy your life, we need to figure out how to go through transitions well. Because we all have transitions in our lives. And really navigating from one part of your, one chapter of your life to another chapter of your life um, is really an art. And I have had the privilege of getting to know Pat and Michelle. Pat, Pat Gaunt and Michelle Bergeron have been friends of mine. We were just trying to figure out when. Since the early 90s, we've known each other. And it's been so much fun to watch these two friends go through transitions together and as a couple. So Pat, Michelle, welcome to Imagine That Podcast. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Greg. Great to be here. So the first time I met them, yeah, so I worked with, I worked with Michelle, and that's how I got to know Pat. I watched you both be road warriors and travel, not for enjoyment, right? Not for enjoyment at all. And then I've also watched you, we're going to get to like how you can really like love your retirement and think differently about it. They've helped me think differently about my retirement. They've inspired me. But, but let's start with, because I think the first chapter was you two were word, road warriors. Do you want to just give a little color and talk about how you both traveled and how you stayed connected while you were in different states? You know, we actually met on an airplane on a Sunday night when I was starting my week and Pat was ending his. And so that was sort of the beginning of our relationship. We both traveled for, oh, over 25 years, um, pretty much full time. And we spent lots of time apart uh, with little time together. But it was something that was a part of a lifestyle that we had chosen that we knew would be for a finite period of time that we planned for to ultimately allow us to do what we're doing now. And that is have other interests and other things that have been filling our lives. Do you want to just talk a little bit about as you're traveling in a different states, how you knew it wasn't permanent and that was important to you? Greg, for us, it was it was really a means to an end. We knew that uh, when we left on Monday morning, we typically wouldn't see each other until Friday night. And um, we just knew that was the lifestyle that we had chosen, really, because it was a means to an end. Uh, we knew that by you know sacrificing other elements of our lives and, and traveling and working hard during the week, that that would enable us to have... Uh, successful careers. It would enable us to plan for our financial future and, you know, to eventually, you know, reap the benefits of that, which is what we're doing now. We're very excited uh, with the things that we're doing now. But that root, Pat, what you just said, that root of what you just said is really important because one of the things that happen when people don't transition well, their job becomes their identity. That does not mean, I watched you two, you two put it all on the field and worked a hundred percent. I mean, I, I watched it. You guys were totally committed. But, but you knew that there was something greater out there, but you still gave 100% to your careers. Yeah, it was, it was very exciting. It was something that we planned for. We knew that the careers that we had chosen were going to require us to, to spend a lot of time doing them without a lot of extra time to do other things that many of our friends and people did. But it felt like it was worthwhile. So we planned financially so that we could be fully independent hopefully by the age of 50, we achieved that sooner. We were very, very fortunate to then allow us to take the next step and 
take a look at the list of things that we had put together of things individually and things collectively that we had always wanted to do, but never had the time for. So it was a really exciting transition to be able to venture out into some other things that we've not had the time to experience. So Michelle, do you remember we were in a, I don't know if you were in the room or not. We were in a room. It was Los Angeles. I won't say the person's last name, but his name was John. And he got up in front of the group and he said, here's why I'm retiring. And he said, he, when he travels, he sees people walking by him and they, I forget how he said it. And he said, they're smiling and they look happy. And I just want to go figure out what they're smiling about and what's making them happy. And I'm going to go do that. I remember it well. And I think it was very inspiring. And in fact, for us, we were very fortunate in our first year of retirement, we met some new folks who have now become our closest friends. And they made a comment to us that really stuck and resonated. And they said that to them, the whole idea of a fulfilled life was to follow your feeling heart. And to Pat and I, that really meant doing things that brought joy, excitement, enthusiasm, passion, and fulfillment. And it really got us thinking more about what the next steps were. And so there were things that we had, as I mentioned, planned to learn to do together. We learned boating and RVing and scuba diving and things just to name a few. And then it gave us chances to do things individually that were things that had been on our bucket list for a long time. And so it was an opportunity to do things that we just didn't have time for before. And given the fact that we never know how long we're going to be on this earth, it seemed like we needed to take advantage of as much as we could now while we still could. When did you start? So if you said like, this is the retirement date, this is the moment it all happens. How far back before that did you really start to plan? Geez, I, I, early on in our marriage and particularly with Michelle's background in, in, finan- in the financial world, um, really from 1991 when we got married, uh, that was a really big part of, of, our, uh, of our plan was, was you know, proper management of our finances and, and saving uh, for the future. And b- because neither one of us really identified ourselves that, you know, we are what our job is. Uh, to us, it was, it was a means to an end, although we were passionate and we loved what we both did. Uh, at the end of the day, at least, and I'll just speak for me, is that it, it wasn't a, who I was in total as a person. So it was really, you know, we're going to make these sacrifices. We're going to work hard. We're going to travel and in our jobs. But at the end of the day, it's it's really the means to the end. And so it really goes back to early on in our marriage of uh, saving for the future. And, and that allowed us to dream big, thinking about the future that we knew that you know, we, we had a proper financial plan and that allowed us to continue to dream. And as the years went on, we were able to dream bigger uh, because of those, uh, those plans and, and uh, sacrifices. I think what you just said, though, it's interesting how many people don't, they don't really plan their life or, or, or they have like a dream of what they were like, like want that they, they have a dream of what they want their life to be. They have this dream, um, but they don't have a plan. So I see people that can think of 30,000 feet and can dream. I see people that are pretty good at living their daily lives. I don't see a lot of people that match their daily activities with their dream. And and the fact that you guys started dreaming about it earlier and actually putting plans together, I think that is a huge lesson for people listening that should not be taken for granted. 
so, so I think that was one lesson you just said, Pat. The second one is you, you were all in on your careers, but you didn't let it define you. And, and whether you see it happen with, uh, with, with executives like you guys were, or whether you see it happen with athletes, right? I mean, you become Joe from the Steelers, and then all of a sudden, number 34 is no longer on your back, and now you're just Joe, and you don't know how to behave as Joe. So it makes the transition so much harder. I'm not surprised to hear you say the things you say because it's allowed you guys to transition into a wonderful next chapter of your life. And I think for people listening, those nuggets are life-changing. And, 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 and now there was, some, there was some intervention and some coincidence, divine intervention, whatever, whatever, you, may, whatever, whatever you may want to call it. Um, it, it. Tell everyone about the September 11th event. Tell them on September 11th what happened. I think that is just beyond, uh, beyond coincidental. 9-11 was an extraordinary, was just an extraordinary day in that it was an odd day that we both took a cab to the airport, uh, Pat tending, intending to go to Dallas, and I was intending to go to San Diego. We were both up in the air when the FAA downed all planes, given what was happening in New York and in other places around the country. And it turned out that we both landed in Dallas. And it was a very, as you can all know and remember, it was a very, very scary time getting off the airplane, seeing the televisions on with buildings that were blowing up, and of course, knowing that each of us had been in the air and wondering where the other was. Um, fortunately, within an hour, we were able to find each other and get together despite phones not working and everything else. And like many people, we spent the next few days um, glued together. In this case, we were holed up in a hotel trying to figure out how we would get home, watching everything on television. And I believe for both of us, I can say that it was really a, an earth-shattering event that got us thinking even more about the important things in life and what we really wanted to do with the rest of the time we had on earth. So we had talked previously about you know, the age of 50 was when we were planning to be financially free. But we also decided at that time that if things weren't as fun as we had hoped they would be, or if the world was changing, that we needed to make sure that we adapted to make our time here on earth exactly what we hoped it would be. And so it was, uh, it was a very sobering time and something that was, I think, very instrumental in us helping plan our next chapter. And the, and the unusual part, you guys were both living, if I remember, you both were in Atlanta then. You, you guys lived in Atlanta, correct? We did. And, and you were in a hotel in? Dallas. Dallas? Yeah. So what's the chance of that? Like, here you go. You're both, you're both grounded and you're both grounded at the same airport in Dallas with time to, you know, contemplate the importance of accelerating your dreams, which, which I think, I think is just really, just really interesting. Um, the other thing about September 11th, and I think about this a lot and I don't know why. I mean, I, I it just, it, it, it feels like to me in some ways it was yesterday and Matt, Michelle, I think it was you that just said like, um, you, we just don't know how long we're going to be, going to be on this planet. And I feel like September 11th was yesterday. And when you think about that, that was 21 years ago, roughly, 21 years. And so then I look at my life and I say, okay, I, it's 21 years went like that, like just like that. And if that's how much longer I have to have energy and passion and live my dream, it does give you a sense of urgency. And I, I don't think we have to be impatient, but it gives us a sense of urgency to show how, you know, everybody talks about how fast life goes, but I don't think we hear it. And so we don't really embrace every minute and understand, you know, when, 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 when we look back, are we going to say like, you know what, just like you did in your career, 
but in your in your in the next chapter of your life, did I leave it all on the field? Did I really do everything I wanted to do? So so here you are. You're realizing you've planned for this your whole life. You're deciding to go on to your next chapter of your life. Tell us about how you transitioned from flying all over the place, business. Did you detox? Was it easy? You know what did you did? I mean, what did you do to all of a sudden become? Hey, we think we're going to buy an RV and drive down the coast. Like, like that, that's. A, <laughs> I mean, by the way, that's the kind of calls you get when you when you're friends with Pat and Michelle. Hey, you know what? The boat thing. We're going to talk about all this, but like, like the boat thing. We're going to not do the boat thing for a while. We think we're going to do an RV, and it's like, hey, you know, we're in Oregon. We're looking at the Carolinas. You know what? We think the Carolinas would be cool. So it's just like so much fun to be your friend. So how did you transition? from, you know, the, the business executives to, and I don't want to, but, but a little bit of a free spirit. Like you guys are, and, and I love that. How'd you do that? Greg, to answer your question, for me, it was, it was an easy transition. Um, I loved my career. I loved the people and the companies that I worked with, but I always dreamed about that next chapter in life. And so I had things that I was ready to jump into and devote more time and energy to from uh, motorcycling to mountain biking to fly fishing to uh, leisure travel as opposed to business travel. And uh, so to me, it was just one chapter closed, another another opened up, and it, it allowed for uh, more adventure, more, more travel, uh, developing new and different friendships, uh, being able to have a more balanced life in terms of the, the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual components, and to get those uh, more in alignment. And uh, so all in all, for me, it was, it was a very easy transition. I, I never identified myself as the person that had a particular job title or a particular job responsibility. And so it was, it was a little easier for me to, to let that go you know, with a great deal of gratitude, but also looking forward rather than in the rearview mirror. And, and that has served me well over the last uh, bunch of years since retiring. And I always say, you know, once you retire, you're not retiring from life, you're just retiring from, from a job. And there's other challenges, there's other adventures, there's other things to learn and do and, and dedicate yourself to. People look at retirement like that. I mean, it's like, well, I got to be all in cash when I retire. It's like, really, you're, you're retiring, you're not dying. Like you're retiring, you don't need to get all cash just because you're going to retire. And Michelle, what was, the, what was the transition like for you? You know, it wasn't as easy as it was for Pat. He had uh, retired two years prior to me. I had made a commitment at work that I would stay for a two-year assignment and two years to the day is when I retired. But it gave me, listening to Pat every day and all of the activities and things that he was doing gave me an opportunity to really flush out more what things interested me. I found the issue was more of how to slow down. Uh, because I was so used to having a schedule out four to six months, just like you, Greg, where you knew you were going to be on what day and doing what at which time. Um, I started to just completely book myself, which at first worked fine. So the week after I retired, I went because I was very, I'm very interested in mind body movement uh, modalities. And so I went for two certifications for four weeks uh, for the beginning of my training. And then Pat and I went on what was planned as a four week national park tour. While we were out, we realized that why did we have to come home? I, we had just put constraints on ourselves and realized we didn't need to, so we stayed out another few weeks. But for me, it was just more of a process of slowing down and I think taking some of those steps by looking at some of our interests and then traveling, 
started to allow me to be more present and slow down from the pace that we'd had previously. Um, so much so that that now we wonder kind of how we did it all back then. It's been extraordinary. Yeah, it it is. There's an addiction to busy. And, it, and, it, and it's an ego-filling thing. It's an addiction to busy. Okay, so now you're deciding you're in Atlanta. You're ready for your adventure. What do you do to decide what you're going to do, where you're going to move? What's the first adventure? Well, the first thing we did when we both retired is we bought a plant. And um, we joke about that, and it sounds silly, but when Michelle and I were traveling all the time, we never had pant, uh, plants or pets or uh, <laughs> Um, you know, so if, if I wrote a, a book on retirement, the first chapter would be titled time to buy a plant. And, um, so we, we, we laugh about That's that. That's cool. That is really cool. Because you can, you can start like, wow, now we can actually have a plant. We can actually have a pet. We can actually do some of these things that were always put on the back burner and those, that back burner then becomes a front burner. And that's what makes it so exciting. And, um, we've been in Atlanta for, for 20 years, you know, we had traveled, uh, in our careers all over. I think at last count, I think Michelle is one state ahead of me. I'm at 46 states and Michelle's at 47, if I remember that correctly. But we finally just opened, our, opened ourselves up to um, where do we want to go? Where, what do we want to do? What kind of exploring do we want to do? And early in my career, I had lived in, in Colorado and, for a couple of years and loved living out West and really tried to um, talk to Michelle about the lifestyle of living out West and so we, um, we just decided to take a road trip and we headed west, visited Sedona, Arizona and some of the surrounding areas and fell in love with it. We ended up buying a home there. We spent two years there. And that was really the first time we had given ourselves permission to live someplace that was not dictated by our jobs. And uh, also knowing full well that if we're going to move here, it doesn't mean we have to be here the rest of our lives. And that was such a freeing feeling for us that, you know, hey, we, there's something here for us to, to learn, to enjoy. There's wonderful people to meet. Uh, Sedona is uh, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And, um, but we knew that after we spent a couple of years there, if that wasn't where we wanted to be after that, then we were going to take that experience and those memories, and we were going to... Um, give ourselves permission to look elsewhere. And that's really what we did. And that's what we've continued to do is that as we've made these, these decisions um, in terms of getting into boating or getting into RVing or living in other parts of the country, that that's great for now. We'll, we make the best decision we can with, with what our interests and desires are now, but that doesn't mean that we can't change uh, and, and do other things in the future. And to me, that's been one of the most freeing things about being retired is giving yourself permission to try new and different things and to 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 make course corrections along the way. There's a life lesson in there also. I think it's I think it's a big thought. Not all decisions are permanent. I, I just watched like I watched college kids think about where they're going to go off to school or high school kids thinking about where they're going to go off to school. And it's so much pressure on these kids. And 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 there could be more than one great decision. And and if you and if you go and there's a better place for you and the fresh and you can change. But I think so many people look at decisions like one and done, can't change it. It not only leads to potentially bad decisions, stress, it can paralyze you from making any decisions. So I think it's just so cool that you guys are like, okay, this is a great, this is a great spot for us now, but it doesn't mean we're going to be here forever. You know, and I've watched you guys keep doing that. And it, and it's, uh, 
it, I can, it, I can't imagine because I'm just not like that. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine how freeing it is. How about you, Michelle? I mean, what, what, how did you think about it? Well, you remember Mark Freeman made a comment of Yogi Berra's comment: "When there's a fork in the road, take it. No decision's permanent." And we've just found that you can. When you, when you veer off and just do what feels right for you at the time, there are all kinds of adventures that you can have and different people that you can meet and different experiences. And that's what we've also found with the various hobbies that we've done. You know, as we got into boating and met all different kinds of people who have talked about all of these other places that we need to go and experience that we've been able to do so. And now that we're thinking of leaving Oregon, where we've been for nine years now, and we're talking about the next spot. We have all these other places to consider if we want to continue boating, or do we want to go some of the places where we can RV more to, or to you know, other states that are of interest. And so it's just incredibly freeing when you just allow yourself that flexibility. And again, it was a complete turnaround from what we did in our careers because everything was always pre-planned in terms of where you went and where you were going to be, and everything was always scheduled. And to now have the flexibility to wake up and say, hey, what do you feel like doing today? Or I really like this place that we're visiting, just like we recently did. We set out for what we thought was going to be a four to six six week trip. And we've been gone for over four months. We just got home. I mean, it was really exciting. So it's it's been great. And it's been a learning process, um, again, for me, who was so used to being scheduled for my entire career. But it's been a blast. So, so you, you were gone for four months and you took your RV, right? Yep. And how long did you, how, when did you buy the RV? Well, we bought this RV in uh, October of last year. And, um, you know, with, with all the crazy, with that. all the craziness that's, uh, <laughs> that's been going on. So I love that. Wait for, for, cause I don't know when the, I don't know when this will air. Like they were gone for four months in an RV and they've only owned the RV for like six months. Is that about yeah, right? That's, uh, yeah. Yep. Like, <laughs> That's that's the part that like most people, you say that like casually, most people are like, wait, 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 what? They're gone for four months. Like they must do that every year. No, that's just this adventure. I, I remember. And by the way, Michelle, quick on, on Mark Freeman. This is another life lesson. I, Mark Freeman, Michelle and I had the privilege of working with him and he was such a smart guy and a great presenter. And, and remember he said the biggest obstacle to a good investment is the expectation of a perfect one. And you can change that with everything, right? Let's go back to decisions. The biggest obstacle to a good decision is the expectation of a perfect one. And so like you're saying, okay, let's do the RV, right? It, it's a good decision. It may not be perfect forever, but we're going to enjoy it for the last four months. That's absolutely right. And, and once Michelle and I stopped listening to our self-imposed limitations is when we really started to experience more joy uh, more fulfillment because, you know, we, you just, you, you, you lead with your heart in, in these kinds of decisions and, you know, what's going to, what's going to give us the greatest joy, what's going to give us the greatest fulfillment and you lead with your heart. And if it feels good in your heart, then you know, it's the right thing to do at that moment in time. It doesn't mean you can't change your mind down the road. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, take that life experience and what you learned from it and apply that elsewhere. And, and, that has been one of the greatest things is just uh, pushing that the, those self-imposed limitations aside and saying, "Hey, let's let's do this. Let's have fun." You know, we bought our RV uh, last October, and 
with the craziness that's been going on in the world the last couple of years and travel restrictions. And we have two wonderful, beautiful dogs that we love to have with us all the time. And it was a great way to, to get back on the road from a leisure point of view and to experience new places and new people and to kind of bring our house with us. And we set out on a four to six month uh, or four to six week trip and we were gone 130 days. And, and we, we got home a couple of days ago and it's like, we couldn't believe we were gone that long, but it was a lot of time that was just filled with joy and adventure and meeting new people and giving ourselves permission just to, to follow our feeling hard as far as what felt good for us uh, at that moment in time. I just want to add some color to this because I've also watched you, you guys, as you're going through your adventure, you're incredibly logical. Like I'll give you an example. Like what I remember with, with you guys have the boat and then you have the house and you're saying, okay, like we're looking at how much we're enjoying the boat. We're looking how much, how, what the resources the boat take. We're looking how much, how many resources the, you know, what the resources you allocate towards the house. And, and, and I remember you saying like, it doesn't feel like we should have this house and, and maybe we should make a change with the house. And, and so it's, it's making the decision. You're free to make the decision, but it, but it doesn't mean you, you aren't always learning from the experience and then maybe navigating and making it a little bit better. And, and I think that's what's unique, that you're always just trying to figure out, you know, how do you maximize your enjoyment? So you know what I think is fun? I remember the conversation and this is probably, I knew you guys like really were, you know, loving adventures. I was in an airport. I was in Naples. I was talking to Michelle and, and I remember Michelle, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but you're like, Hey, we're thinking about a boat and remember. And I'm like, you're thinking about a boat. So tell me about the boat. And, and it was just like, it was, it wasn't some people buy a boat. You weren't, uh, this was about a lifestyle. This was, and, and, and tell them about how you thought about Tell our listeners how you thought about why you did that in that part of your life. And what was that about? How long did you do that? Three years? Is that about right? We actually started boating on a lake when we moved to Atlanta. Pat and I were both there for our careers. And it, it wouldn't have been a place that we would have really chosen to live. And so we were trying to find something that in the small amount of time that we had together, that we could learn together, that we could enjoy. And so we started boating on Lake Lanier with a smaller, well, maybe it wasn't such a small boat because we started sleeping on it and learned how to live in some small quarters. And we did that for a number of years. And then when we retired and left Atlanta, we thought our boating days were done. And so we bought an RV, we went and traveled places, and then we decided that that wasn't really what we wanted to do. So we sold the RV and we were looking for the next adventure. And we went to Seattle because we now had the free time available to us and a friend had said that there was a great concert that we should go see for Kenny Chesney. And so we drove, uh, you know, a day's drive to Seattle to see the concert. And we decided to stay a few extra days. In staying the few extra days, we started seeing all the marinas with these really big boats. And we started to question where these boats could really go. So we started stopping in and talking to people and realized that we could go all the way to BC and ultimately we could go all the way to Alaska if we chose. And that seemed really exciting to us. So we started researching and talking to you about finances and gee, if we do this then and what, uh, just how exciting that could be. And so it has been an extraordinary time for us. We have had an absolute blast with the boat. 
had it not been for things happening with COVID and everything else that shut a lot of things down for us, we'd probably still be doing it. But then at the same time, it's been really fun having swapped out and now doing the RV. And who knows, we may vote again. We would love to. And we're looking at a way to possibly do both. So we'll we'll see what happens next. By the way, for, for folks listening also, and this isn't a commercial, this is a plea to maximize your life. Your financial plan should be organized around these adventures. So, so I think so many people have this flat line idea of, I'm going to save money. I'm going to retire. I'm going to make X. X will ne- I'm, going to, I'm going to take X out of my portfolio. X will never change. And it, you know, whatever. And I'm going to die at like 94.2 years, whatever that is. And, and that's just not life. It should be way, that's just a calculator. You don't need a financial advisor to do that. What you really should be thinking about is, okay, so wait a minute. I, I, if, if, if from 60 to 78, I'm going to really go, I'm going to really have a, more adventures probably than 78 to 88, you, sh- you should think about that in your plan and you should allocate differently. And, and we don't need to go deep into it, but I would just say to people that, that make sure the exciting thing of your portfolio, and by the way, the exciting thing for us is, 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 is helping your portfolio support your adventures. And so if you don't have adventures in your portfolio, I'd say you're missing something. If you and your family like to go to Hilton Head for every year, and and that's really special to you, I would ask why you're only going one time. Let's make sure that your financial plan really supports the adventures of your life so you can maximize your life and legacy. Here's one of the things that I'm telling you, I know I couldn't do. I don't know how many people could. And I know the website. I think you said it doesn't even exist anymore. Tell people about how you thought about what you got on the website and how you picked one of the locations where you actually moved to. Back in uh, 2012, uh, we'd been in Sedona for a couple of years and uh, really enjoyed our time there. But we were ready for some more adventure. Uh, We had started to put down roots there, but then we realized that Perhaps that wasn't the best place long term for us. Uh, the summer, the weather in the summer was was a little too extreme for us. So Michelle had found this great website and uh, where you could go online, and we did this independent of each other. And you could answer a series of questions, and I think there were like twenty different questions you could answer about your your interest in life. What you know, if you like the outdoors, what what kind of weather do you like? What kind of travel do you like? What you know, all kinds of lifestyle questions. And Michelle and I went online and did that independent of each other. And we printed out our results. And then we sat down and we pulled out a map of the United States. And I'll never forget this. Michelle had a pink highlighter and she on the map uh, highlighted every area, every town on this map uh, that had uh, come out from the survey that was recommended from the survey. And as as um, fortune would have it, I would say probably 70 percent Probably seventy percent of the areas uh, we had had both come out on our survey results, which made it a lot easier. And then from there, we got in the car and we hit the road, and where we decided to visit uh, several of these areas along the way. And all of them were on the western part of the United States. We ended up finding Bend, Oregon, and that's we fell in love with it. And I, we didn't make it to the rest of our stops on the map. We just fell in love with Bend, Oregon, and um, uh, and then. That's how we ended up in Sisters, right outside of Bend. But it was really, it was just, we looked at it as another adventure that we love Sedona, but hey, there's more out there for us to experience. Life's too short. Let's get out and and experience some other areas. And uh, we've been here almost 10 years now in Sisters, Oregon. It's been just a wonderful place to live. We've had some really wonderful adventures and great memories here. 
But we also started reconsidering, looking back on our lives, what have been the, the best memories, the most significant memories of our lives. And we found that most of those memories really centered around adventure and trying new things, going different places, uh, trying new hobbies. And so now we're, we're once again kind of reassessing, you know, do we need to have a big home base in Sisters, Oregon, or can we uh, downsize this physical component of our lives and spend more time uh, enjoying adventure and travel while we're uh, physically uh, able to do it? So that's kind of where we're headed right now. We don't know where it'll take us, but we're just going to, we're kind of following our feeling heart as we're... Um, embracing this this new chapter. I'm encouraged by this. I think it I think it, it's inspiring because so many of us are are hesitant and I may even use the word fearful of trying new things. And so we all wish we went and you know they talk about in your deathbed people talk about th- they 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 regret things they 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 should have done not some not the things they've done. They wish they would have done more. Lessons learned. And how how long have you guys been we've been retired again? It's been how many years? I retired in 19 19- in 2007. And, and Michelle, when were you? Two years later. If, if, if you guys could give lessons learned. You have folks listening. You guys have had great adventures. What are a couple bullet points that you would encourage people to really think about as they plan their adventures? Well, for me, the, uh, the older I get, the more precious time becomes, uh, certainly. And in time, um, we don't know individually how much time we all have left here in this physical form. And my advice or my thoughts would be to enjoy every day, embrace every day, embrace adventure, embrace change, em- embrace new things, look back on your life and and pursue those things that give you the greatest joy, the greatest pleasure. Certainly not suggesting that the decisions that we have made in terms of travel and places we lived is the right path for, for anyone else. But for us, that's what fits. That's what works. But don't impose limitations on your views, on your life, on your on your decisions to experience life in your own personal way, whatever that may be. And for me, I would say, find what it is that inspires you. Aside from your career, what other things really fill you with joy and love? And, and for us, it's being together and having our dogs with us and having adventure. But everybody's got other things that are exciting and that fill their heart. And to me, it's do those things now. We don't know how much time we have. And so live every day as if it's your last. And think about the, the adventures, the fulfillment, the excitement that you can have and the enthusiasm of trying something new. You know, sometimes trying something new is a bit scary, but the scariness always comes up with much better, at least in, in our opinion, with, with wider views of things, um, bigger experiences, a whole lot more fun. And we're, I, we're just loving it. That's what I would say. So what are the, some of the things you think about when you make these decisions? Well, I can say that as, as we made these, these life decisions that, you know, certainly the financial component is a big part of, of many of these decisions in terms of where you're going to live and what hobbies you're going to enjoy. And, you know, our process has been to follow our feeling heart, but then we also have to, um, you know, make wise financial decisions. And we haven't made any of these large uh, decisions where, where we live or, uh, you know, a boat or an RV or whatever, without looking at our financial plan. And can that accommodate our, our interests and desires moving forward? I would say, given my financial background, I'm always the one thinking, wait a minute, can we afford this? I love Pat's comment 
that he says often is, which is dream big and let's just throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. And so, you know, we can kind of come up with these great ideas and thoughts and ways to have enjoyment and spend our life and do something really big. But then we have the ability to do a back check to see whether or not there really is a potential to do so, still safely allowing us to have the comfortable retirement. You guys are inspiring. Pat, Michelle, we are honored to have a front row seat to watch your adventures. We appreciate the friendship and uh, you are you are truly inspiring. I, I, I have a couple notes and I'm just going to do bullet points that, that, um, that I heard you say. One career, have balance, have hobbies. It'll make you better. Don't let it define you. Two, have a life plan. Think about what you want your life to really be and plan. Decisions, now some are but many are not permanent. So just enjoy that it could be a good decision. It doesn't need to be a perfect decision, but it maybe just be a great decision for that moment. Four, I know we hear it. Let's listen to it. Life is short. Life is short. Let's challenge each other to maximize our lives because it's short. We, we, we use the example of September 11th. Unfortunately, it goes quickly. And then the last thing, Michelle, is one of the last things you just said, and that is try something new. At the end of this podcast, the thing we could do is has everybody just try something new that you're really going to enjoy. We would all have more enriched lives. So Pat, Michelle, thank you so much for the conversation today. I think we will all have a little bit more enjoyment in our lives because of it. Thank you for listening to the Imagine That Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and welcome you to reach out to Confluence Financial Partners with your questions and comments. If you'd like to hear more episodes, head over to confluencefp.com slash podcasts or find us wherever you get your podcasts.